Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and we chew on God's word and share that with you in hopes that you'll be encouraged and edified um, and hopefully challenged a little bit. We don't want it to make it too easy on you guys. Um, but this week we have Jamie Harmson with us. Hello, Jamie. Hi, Chris. How are you? Doing pretty well. Good. So um, normally on Mondays, I'm recording with Lou. Mm-hmm. And Lou is a big old scoundrel. He's not even in the office. He's at the <laughs> Emerald Campus right now. He's got lots of details on his plate. <laughs> uh, well, cut him too much slack. And you're normally a Thursday gal. So this is a treat. And to commemorate, I just wanted to let you know officially... That you are the last person recording in this office. Wow. I know. What should we do? I get soundboard out and we can do like mariachi music or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's not room to dance in here yet. There's not. There's not. <laughs> there won't be at the new office, but there'll be more room than what I've got. So that's good. Um, so you are just finishing up with First John with uh, women's Bible study. And that has been led by Brianna. But can you give us kind of an overview and see, mm-hmm. see what have you guys been chewing on there? We've, we, as you mentioned, we are finishing up first John this week. So this, we've spent eight weeks now just in the short book of first John. And wow. it's been fantastic. I've loved that um, every first day of the week, we just spend time marking up the, the text itself, looking yeah. for those common words, looking for those phrases and those contrasts, asking the who, what, where, when, why, starting to figure out what this text is saying and why. Mm-hmm. And so the fun thing about First John is it will go through a couple of themes and it'll circle back to a couple of themes. And so you'll see those same colors, if you've marked them a specific color, come back Yeah, and, and kind of circles through and, and comes back and reiterates it again in another way. That's super cool. Yeah. So that's... Um, for the listeners who may not be familiar, what you might call inductive Bible study? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you're marking things with colors, little um, symbols mm-hmm. to track themes, repetition, help understand the text a little bit better. Exactly. And it helps you develop questions. Mm. And so as you're reading through things and you see something that's repeated coming about, it, it might prompt a question that you can then continue looking elsewhere in cross-references and, and things Um so it, it's a starting point yeah. that really kind of launches you into digging deeper. Stuff gets yeah. gets my blood pumping. I know. It's I pretty fantastic. Especially, <laughs> it seems intimidating, but it really just starts with some very basic observations yeah. and observations that seem obvious. And as you start piecing them together, you start to see the picture. Yeah. Not to jump off topic, but uh, <laughs> that can be kind of a... I don't know, an old wives' tale or an urban legend that it has to be scholarly or Mm -hmm. academic all the time. But you're absolutely right. It starts circling these common words that are repeated. And then you start going, okay, this must be the theme or these are the purposes for Mm -hmm. writing this letter. It harkens back a little to the high school English class. Yeah. You know, when you're looking, well, who's the author? Who's the audience? Mm -hmm. What kind of stuff are we seeing here and, and observing? And it doesn't require a seminary degree, just a love for God's word. Don't let everyone hear that dangerous <laughs> dangerous no you're dangerous right because everybody will yeah. get into god's word <laughs> the perspicuity of scripture is a five dollar word i throw around every chance i get um so what are you guys finding in first john mm-hmm. we've been finding lots of things okay. and brianna has done some fantastic job but today i figure i talk about a couple of those repeated words that i've seen over and over and they're often in conjunction with one another and it's commandments okay. and love 
And so how how those two you start to see are tied together. Yeah. Um, and looking just first off his commands. Mm-hmm. Well, what are his commands? How do we know what his commands are? And um, I think it's we we stop and we question, well, what are those commands? But they're actually just laid out very, very um yeah. clearly for us, particularly in Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> we, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we did a whole study last summer on the Ten Commandments and how it's not just the the letter of the law, but what God is calling us to is a deeper obedience. For example, do not murder. Mm-hmm. We can say, oh, I have not murdered anybody today. Check, check. That's it. But how have we contributed to the flourishing of life around us? Mm-hmm. You know, this deeper obedience that God calls us into. We haven't um, committed adultery today, but how have we honored marriage? Right. You know, and so you can pick apart all of these different commands and then see specifically in the New Testament how God sums them up. Love God. Love others, right? And this is how you demonstrate that you are mine. Yeah, I love uh, in Matthew the the Sermon on the Mount. For those of you who are listening to this podcast faithfully, which <laughs> all of you should be, um, Sean is just now finishing the Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount. Yes, and you're right. All of those things he said, you have heard it said, do you not commit adultery, do not commit murder. But I tell you, and then he pushes it down into the heart and. Exactly. You may not have like, you know, run anyone over with your car today, but <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or I haven't used God's name in vain, but how have I upheld it and, yeah. and represented that through my actions? Right. Um, and so it it is it's all of those commandments of the Old Testament are not done away with. God's mm-hmm. just taking them deeper into our hearts and asking us to obey on a, a whole new level. Yeah. That requires us abiding in him with the help of his Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. on our strength that we do that. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I know that. I may or may not have an answer. I'm causing so many problems this episode. <laughs> um, what is like that resistance we have to the pairing of obedience and love mm-hmm. or the law and love? If people seem to run into all the time, when those two get too close together, we get a little bit, you know, a little itchy, a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Why do you think that is? Well, I wonder if it's, it's tied to the fact that we feel, particularly in our culture, that to show love is to give somebody freedom mm-hmm. to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And in reality, what actually makes for a good relationship is law or mm-hmm. rules. Yeah. Um, and often they're unspoken or they, they're assumed. And so I think that's, you know, take, for example, you know, marriage. When you get married, that relationship assumes you're going to be faithful to your wife in right. order for that to work. Um, and a whole bunch of other things that we could throw in there. But each relationship is like that, a teacher and a student. Mm-hmm. The student is going to assume the teacher is going to teach and the teacher is going to assume that the student's going to do their homework and that there's rules around that. And that establishes a deeper relationship. If that wasn't there, it would be chaos. And so I think culturally we think about laws being against freedom and against relationship, but in reality it's not. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why we see this command and love because it ties into abiding with God and our relationship with Him. And these are the commands, the, the assumptions about the relationship that we have with God laid out in the commandments. Yeah. Great. I totally agree with you. I think our culture has a very strange idea about what love is. And love means that you let me do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I get to be me in the truest, 
truest form of me, which is not beholden to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. I'm done for the next 30 <laughs> seconds. That's all you got. Uh, <laughs> so what are you finding uh, this law and love connection? First John. Mm-hmm. Well, over and over it, it, you know, it seems like it's just coming back again and again that we show God love by obeying his commands. Mm-hmm. And um, we show others love by loving them. And so we show that we love God by loving others and by obeying his commands. And so over and over and over, I mean, um, I'm trying to figure out which chapter this is in. In chapter five, you know, we see, and um, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God. We keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Mm. They're not meant to be burdensome and they allow freedom true freedom from that interesting um so you're telling me mm-hmm. that this bible thing is telling me that human flourishing right the the fullest that we can exist for our purpose is within the context and boundaries of god's law yes that works as a kind of a safety net or a guard mm-hmm. okay well, I don't safety, know if I'm buying it. No. <laughs> a safety net, a guard, and flourishing. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're not if we are um not coveting things of our neighbor, we're gonna have a much better relationship with our neighbor and see them as God sees them instead of mm-hmm. what we're missing or what we want from them. I mean, uh, and so that builds and flourishes a relationship besides just giving you freedom from the coveting. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. is burdensome. Man, <laughs> his covenant isn't it? Com- commandments are not burdensome. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's uh you know, when I think of this just on a worldview level, I think we have to understand that God's perfect goodness means that what God desires for us and hands down through his commandments mm-hmm. is the the perfect best for us. Mm-hmm. That because it's in connection with him, it is the best. It's not like he's coming down and saying uh, I want to be a killjoy. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to have any fun at all. No. And I'm going to tell you all these reasons, all these things you can't do. It's actually the opposite. He's saying, hey, um, this is the best case scenario for you because I've given you the best. Mm-hmm. Well, and we see that even how he presented the, or established the covenant and the Ten Commandments in Exodus. He didn't just come down and say, these are the things that you're going to do. It started with him hearing his people in distress, going and delivering them, showing them his power, through the the Red Sea and through the plagues and through providing food for them and um, water for them and protection for them from their enemies and all of these different things. And he established his character with them. And then he said, and here is how you can have a relationship with me. Here's the commandments. This is how you interact with me. And so it wasn't something where it was just, this is what you got to do because I'm in control. It was, this is my character and how much I love you. And here is how you do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think what's being echoed in first John is I love you. And this is what I have given you. Well, you, when you do what I've commanded, that shows that you love me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you're right in the ways that we can see the best earthly relationships Mm -hmm. reflected by that archetype or that the framework Mm -hmm. of boundaries and, you know, I think of parenting as a great example. You've got two sons that are a little ahead of my I my do. girls. <laughs> <laughs> so you're very more familiar with this than I am. But yeah, it really establishes um, trust. And, you know, when, when I say something, they know that it's not trivial. It's not for no reason. And it is founded on a relationship mm-hmm. and a track record of 
hopefully, you know, for the most part, um, really intentional care and fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, they they know my character. They know they're loved. They're secure in that. So when it, I, I ask them to do something or there is a boundary, they have that foundation on which to to build yeah. that relationship. Yeah. Just like you mentioned. So what would you tell somebody who's facing a commandment in God's word? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're sitting in Sunday service or they're reading their Bible or whatever. And, um, you know, it, it, it lays out, this is how you live ethically. And this is how you live in a relationship to God. And they go, mm-hmm. uh, another one of these. Um, what, how would you encourage somebody to navigate that biblically? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a great question. I guess my initial response might be, and I can't remember where I heard this, but if you always agree with everything that God said, then you're making him in your own image. Like mm. he will push back on you and you want that. Yeah. And so anytime I think we come across things that maybe rub us the wrong way, that's an invitation to wrestle. Mm. And when we wrestle in such a way with God where we're pursuing him, it brings us into a place where we do not remain the same. We are changed, mm-hmm. just like Jacob wrestling with the angel in Genesis. Right. Um, and so I would invite people who find themselves in that place to wrestle. Why would God say this? Let me figure out what God's character is. Can I trust him? Yeah. Dig into his word with somebody else, pray about it, and see see kind of how God might even change your heart towards something. Yeah. I think those are all incredibly good exercises. And I think, too, looking at your life, I mean, uh, Scripture obviously is is the first place that we recommend Scripture and prayer. and the community of believers. Um, but I, I oftentimes think about my life and go, okay, what have I seen with my eyes mm-hmm. God do mm-hmm. that reflects his character starting with, well, maybe historically, maybe not starting with, but certainly in my life, starting with his grace that he's shown me. Mm-hmm. What does that tell me about him? Does that tell me enough that I can start laying the foundation with the Holy Spirit's help mm-hmm. of trusting him and, and, um, suppressing that flesh again with the Spirit's help so that I live a more God-honoring life. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's how First John starts. What you've seen, what you've heard, what you've experienced, mm-hmm. you know, this is the testimony I'm telling you. It's all those things that we have seen and heard. Yeah. And so I think that is absolutely correct. <laughs> and, and I think it's probably worth saying too, going back to Exodus, to never take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Similar to what we said earlier, as rudimentary or basic as some of these things sound, um, Israel got to see firsthand mm-hmm. these amazing acts and over and over again forgot within generations. <laughs> Even and, within the generation. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so for believer, young or old in their faith, mm-hmm. I think it's worth saying, um, bind these things on your heart, bind them on your mind, you know, remember God's law, remember what he's done, his testimony in your life. Well, and that's why I think it ties in with First John when you see those commands you come and love it's often accompanied with abide, this this idea of dwelling there, not mm-hmm. just going away or forgetting something, but abiding, deep abiding with him. Mm-hmm. And as we get to know his character, it will affect our behavior because what we believe is how we will actually act. I can say that I think God is my provider, but if I do everything my own way, that's not actually showing that I believe. Right. That. And so with the commands, knowing his character allows us to believe him, which is reflected in our actions and our love for him and our love for others. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, well, do you think we'll get to hear more about First John? Well, we can probably do First John again next time. All right. All <laughs> if you will allow it. 
There's um, more good stuff in there. So yes. <laughs> well, any final thoughts of kind of this first chunk of first John and, and some big takeaways you had from, from the small group mm-hmm. or a women's ministry? I think the the big takeaway from just chewing on the idea of loving commandments is just that. I find myself going back and reading through the Ten Commandments and thinking about, is my actions reflecting that I believe that this is true? Mm-hmm. Um, and by doing that, I know that's a way I love God. And that will also look like loving others. So then it makes me pause. Am I loving others well? Where is my heart when I'm actually doing this attitude or action? Um, is my attitude reflecting a reflection of that or am I grumbling in my heart? Yeah. And so um, once again, with the even the beginning of John, to see and hear and know and testify, to take, take that time to look at your own heart. Mm-hmm. What are God's commandments? Am I following God's commandments? How am I loving God well? How am I loving my neighbor well? Mm-hmm. And, and I love that you mentioned grumbling because um, I'm reminded of uh, the rebellion of Korah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was rooted in grumbling. Oh, yes, it was. God takes this thing very seriously. Yes, he does. <laughs> See, I'm doing it, Lord. I'm doing that thing you asked me to do. And he's like, oh, all right. Okay, you haven't learned yet. Um, well, wonderful. Uh, yeah. This is encouraging. I hope this is encouraging you. Thank you so much, Jamie, for bringing this and sharing this. And thank you, Brianna, for putting all this stuff together. Oh, yes. Brianna's done a fabulous job. Yes. (laughs) Yes. As we all know, she she has. She's awesome. All right, you guys. Well, we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome.